You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. You know, I want to talk to you about a particular psalm that honestly, I can remember Pastor Mark preached about this beginning March 2020, and it was Psalm 91. And I'm telling you, just over the last few weeks, I can't get it out of my spirit. And I feel like I've got a word for every single person that's listening right now. And it's from Psalm 91 again. And I'm going to call the title of my message real simple because, you know, pastors have a privilege of making everything start with the same letter. So I'm starting with the letter P. And so it's the pastor's privilege to bring to you the message today called The Perfect Partnership. The perfect partnership. And it's from Psalms. I feel like I should say Psalms, but I can't because it's a silent P. But uh, Psalm 91 verse 1 to 16 in the NIV says, uh, right, I'm going to break it down. In fact, we're not going to read the whole lot uh, in one shot. We're going to break it down into segments and I'm going to talk about it because it's called the perfect partnership. Why? Because there's a part that we get to play. How many people know God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us? And that's the beauty. So you and I, regardless, regardless of how long you've been a Christian, or maybe even today, you're listening and going, I haven't even given my life to Christ. Let me tell you, you were made on purpose, and you were made for purpose, and God wants a partnership with you. And so, you know what, we're going to look at it from different parts of the Scripture, and we're going to talk about man's part and God's part. And it starts with this, Psalm 91, verse 1, it says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, this is the first part. Number one, it's man's part, it's position. Everybody say position. position. I hear it, right? See, what is this saying? For man, it's this. Make a decision where you're going to dwell. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. A lot of people have heard this verse beforehand, but you need to realise that this is our part. We've got to make a decision where we're going to dwell. Right, where we're going to dwell. See, I love it because the text doesn't say uh, they who dwelt, it says those who dwell. Right, those who dwell. It doesn't say, or maybe they might dwell, or they used to dwell. It says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It's in the present tense. It means right now. You've got to make a decision to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And you know, the the word dwell, it comes from the Hebrew word. It's this word yashab. Now, listen, I know I'm not Shane Willard, okay? I I don't have that skill, but I'm going to try. Yashab, right? Yashab, which simply means this it means to sit down. It means to settle. It means to remain. It it means to inhabit. In other words, God doesn't want you just to check it out. God doesn't want, listen, can I say this with all love and honour and respect? God is not after Sunday Christians. Hey, look, I just give God Sunday, you know, because that's when I dwell in His presence. Then you're a a part-time person, right? There is no part-time Christianity. God wants people to settle. He wants them to inhabit. He wants them to remain in that secret place. Does this make sense? And so we've got to make this decision. See, God, and when we do that, you you wait and see what God does. But this is the bottom line. Too many times when people go through hard times, they leave their dwelling and they move somewhere else. People try to escape situations. Hey, the times were tough there, so I'm going to move to another place. Can I tell you, listen, you may move to another place, but trust me, tough times know how to travel as well. Right, so you might as well make a decision. I'm going to dwell here. 
I've said to people so many times, listen, maybe you're going through a storm right now. Jesus never promised you storm-free. He promised you storm-proof. But you're only going to get storm-proof if you learn to dwell, right? See, and I love it because it says, he who dwells in the secret place. See, can I tell you, listen, that word sticks out to me. See, secret means it's not that easy to find. If it was easy to find, it wouldn't be a secret. Right? Come on. He says, he who dwells in the secret place. See, if God just made it so easy, then everybody would just go, you know, people say, oh, no, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe. I believe. But do you really believe? See, he's talking about making a decision that you're going to abide in the secret place, which could mean this, that it might be a difficult place to find. It might be something that you're going to actually have to try harder. It might be something you're going to have to search out for actively. You know, this is the bottom line. And it's not because God's trying to taunt you. It's because God wants to see how bad you really want Him. How bad do you want Him? Listen, it's easy to praise God in the good times. It's easy when everything is going your way. Oh, praise God. God's good. God's amazing. But when storms come, let me tell you, that's where faith is really tested. You know, do you really believe in Him? Do you really dwell in His presence when you don't have answers to the questions that you've been asking? When you can't make sense of what's going on today and you've got fear for tomorrow, do you really still dwell in the secret place? You know, all throughout Scripture, we can see times where even John the Baptist, he said, are you the one we're supposed to wait for or should we look for somebody else? Times got tough. Here's John. He, he was the one that was saying, you know what? I must decrease. He must increase. You know, go follow him. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now he's in jail. And he says, hey, ask Jesus, are you the guy we're supposed to be looking for or should we look for somebody else? See, we've got to make a decision. Times are going to get tough, folks. Times are tough right now. Amen. But still, you need to make a decision, right, to position yourself in the secret place. Amen. Is this speaking to somebody here? Come on, folks. Let me tell you. Listen, there is no doubt God's secret place would have to be the safest place in the universe. Amen. So man's part is to, to position himself. Second part of man's part is this, is to proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. It says this in verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. See, can I tell you, listen, Everybody listening, you have to speak to yourself sometimes. You have to make it, I'm going to say of the Lord. I'm not, not what somebody else taught. No, I am going to say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Not because someone told me I have to do it. I make the decision. I make the conscious decision. See, some of us, we've got to start prophesying over ourselves. Stop waiting for the guest minister. Stop waiting for the special prophet. Get up and prophesy over yourself. You've got to start making, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. No matter what's going on around me, greater is He that's in me than anything that can come upon me. We've got to speak to ourselves. See, trust and faith are cousins. They're both the evidence of things yet seen. The Bible says faith is the evidence of things yet seen. I can tell you, trust is a lot like that as well. We can't see it, but we've got to trust it. We've got to trust that God sees you, whether you see God in the situations. I remember hearing a story of a, a, a house that had caught on fire and the young boy was scared and he climbed up onto the roof of the house because he couldn't get through the front door. But the father had already made it out. And he's standing on the lawn, he's looking for his son, he calls out to his son and he can hear his boy crying for help on the rooftop. And he can see his son 
And he says to the son, jump, son, I'll catch you. And the son said, but dad, I can't see you because of the smoke. And the father said, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. Can I tell you, sometimes you might not be able to see clearly, but you've got to put your trust in God. Amen. Am I, come on, am I preaching to the right people here? See, we've got to make the decision. Psalm 91 verse 2 in the Amplified Version, I love this. It says this, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I lean and rely and in Him I confidently trust. See, it's our part, folks. We've got to position ourselves. We've got to proclaim. Some of you need to start speaking. This is the house of God. Some of you need to start making a declaration around your room where things have been freaking you out. No, this is God's house. This is God's place. This is God. Do you understand? Some of you may be short on my God. This is God's money. I'm God's child. When you get a revelation that you're a king's kid, you'll walk differently. You'll talk differently. Amen. So that's man's part. But look, here we go. Here we go into God's part, right? Number three, protection. Everybody say protection. This is where it gets stirring up. Like verse three, it says this. It says, Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you'll find refuge. His, fear, his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart, your wool. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe it with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, remember, if you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, going back to Psalm 1 and 2, right? No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For He, God, will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. See, I love this is God's part. He says, "You, if you make me your dwelling, if you say that I'm your refuge and your fortress, this is what I'm gonna do. What I love about this is, listen, read the Scripture. He didn't say there was no fear, right? He, he, he didn't say there was no plague, sorry. He didn't say there was no pestilence. He didn't say there was no terror. He didn't say there was no arrows. He didn't say there was no plague. He said no fear. No fear. See, they were all there. You need to understand, this, this Psalm was written by Moses who saw the plague, saw the terror, was attacked on all sides, had all sorts of persecutions, all sorts of tribulations. So the thing is this, is sometimes we think this psalmist is talking about the fact that he'll remove it all. No, he'll take away the fear. See, there will be pestilence. Folks, there's pestilence going on right now. There's gonna be plagues. We're going through a plague right now. There's arrows There's persecution, right? There's different things that are going on right now. There's terror that happens. But He says, you will not be afraid. See, God wants to remind you, get rid of the fear, my friends. Fear is not from God. He said, no fear. See, God doesn't necessarily remove the object of fear, but through Him, He removes the fear in you of the object. Paul in the boat in Acts chapter 27, right? You can look at it later on. He's on a boat heading towards Rome and a storm comes and and it's beating up the boat. They haven't seen daylight for over 14 days, right? The whole crew are panicking. How many people know when the sailors start panicking, it's a great time to panic? Amen, right? Paul's, Paul's not a sailor, but he's going, 
Okay, if they're panicking, how many people know? And listen, if I'm on a plane and their stewardess starts panicking, I start panicking. If the captain sounds nervous going, <laughs> right, when he makes a public announcement, how many people know fear becomes? Right? So this is the situation he's in, right? But the Bible tells us that while they're in the midst of this storm, an angel comes and visits him and says this. He says, But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Right? An angel tells Paul, Hey, listen, it's all going to be sweet. You're going to be fine. I, may, I can imagine Paul going, So what about the ship? He goes, Ship sunk. <laughs> Where am I going to be when the ship sinks? On the ship. Are you serious, right? And he goes, but it's all sweet. You're going to be fine. See, the fact of the matter is the ship did get wrecked, but Paul didn't. Neither did anybody else. So you may have some terror going on. You may have some pestilence going on. You may have some plagues or some arrows and you're trying to work out what's going on. Let me tell you, God's saying to you right now, fear not for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Hebrews 13 verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Oh, come on. That's just, that, I don't know what that makes. That makes you feel. I mean, you, when you hear that scripture, you turn from Clark Kent to Superman. Peel off that shirt and show the S. The S stands for Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? Psalm 118 verse 6 says this, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? 1 John 4 verse 18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. See, you know what? If fear starts creeping in, you just got to get back to your dwelling place. I'm telling you, when fear starts creeping in, it's because we've, we've, we've kind of moved out of position. We've got back, no, get back in the dwelling place. And you go, whoo. I'm telling you, man, when, you, when you're surrounded by dad, when you're surrounded by God, the father, when you, Jesus, who conquered death, I mean, he kicked death's head. The Holy Spirit is over you, in you. I'm telling you, the confidence that you start getting, not arrogance, confidence. Because the moment you begin to mess with me, you're messing with my father. The moment you begin to touch me, you're, you're, you're messing with Jesus, the one who defeated everything on the cross. Am I talking to the right people here? Come on, I want to stir your hearts. See, there is no fear in love. So if you're starting to feel fear, right, get back into the dwelling place. Woo! Get back in, man. Let, let perfect love cast out all fear. Get back into the secret place, right? God's part, see, there's, there's, uh, there's the protection, right? There's the protection of God, and then there's the provision or the promise. This is God's part, which is so powerful, right? It says this, verse 14. It says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Oh my gosh, come on. This is the promise from God. This is the promise from God. Joshua 21 verse 45 says this, Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Isaiah 14 verse 24 says this, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I have planned, so shall it be. As I have purposed, 
so shall it stand. Come on, folks, I love it. It reminds me of a sticker uh, that was created from a statement that Smith Wigglesworth said in a, in a message once. He said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. If God said it, that's it. He does not change his mind. Numbers 23 verse 19 to 20 says this, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot revoke it, right? In other words, what God says cannot be changed by any man, cannot be changed by any circumstance. If God said it, he will fulfill it. You know, we're reminded in the, in the epistles that he who began a good work in you will complete it. You know, I, I, what I love about God, can I tell you, he doesn't start anything unless he's already finished it. There's a scripture in the Bible says this, that before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. Before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was already slain, which means that God had already worked out a plan of redemption to bring man back to himself before he created. So in other words, God went through the whole plan Redemption, Jesus dying on the cross, resurrection, salvation for all men. And then He kind of put it in reverse. And then He started creation. God never starts anything that He hasn't already worked out the finish. So what are the promises that He's made? Listen to this. Look at what Psalms says here right in 23, 19 to 20. See, number one, I will rescue Him. I will rescue Him. I'll deliver. I'll cause it to escape. I will protect Him. Set him on a higher place. I will answer him, respond to, I'll speak to him. I will be with him in trouble, in afflictions and distress. In other words, I will deliver him, rescue and bring into safety. I will honour him, make full, strong, heavy with honour. I will satisfy him with long life to have abundance in the journey. I will show him my salvation to see and experience my deliverance and victory. See folks, it's a partnership. Our decision is to position and proclaim, but God's provision is protection and the promise. Come on, come on, come on. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.